0: Hey, Cliff Ravenscraft here. I am back with another episode of Cliff's Notes on Profitable Coaching. You know, when I first started this podcast, my original idea was that I maybe do seven or 10 episodes sharing my insights as I was implementing the Prosperous Coach method for creating clients after having read the book, The Prosperous Coach, for the first time back in July 2019. But here I am now, adding a 31st podcast episode. If this is the only podcast that you are aware of that I create, I want to encourage you to check out The Cliff Ravenscraft Show over at thecliffravenscraftshow.com or just head over to cliffravenscraft.com and click on podcasts in the menu and see a list of all the other shows that I produce. The Cliff Ravenscraft Show currently has 780 Eight podcast episodes for you to choose from, from the archives. In today's episode of Cliff's Notes on Profitable Coaching, this 31st episode, I'm sharing with you a live coaching conversation that I had with a member of my community. Edwin has had 27 years as a probation officer, as far as experience in serving in that capacity. He's had a dream for many years going back as far as I recall, all the way back to 2018, of becoming a professional life coach. In his early pursuit of that, getting ready to involve himself in some coach training programs to teach him the art and skill of coaching, he kind of got put on hold for a little while. He happened to be diagnosed with cancer. And for the next 10 months, he would fight to get rid of that experience from his life, and then eventually he would get back into the coaching. But it's been slow going for him in the pursuit of becoming a profitable coach, as it is for far too many people. If you are in that scenario where you've been wanting to be a coach for quite some time But it's just a slow-going process for you, much longer than you desire for it to take, for you to become incredibly profitable and to fill your coaching schedule with coaching clients. I hope that you'll find some insights as you resonate with the conversation that I'm about ready to share with you right here, right now. Edwin Real quickly here, I just want to make sure that you understand this is my gift to you. There's no expectation you'll ever become a paid client. Is this correct?
1: That's correct, yes. Number I'm very familiar with you. So
0: <laughs> Sweet. Number two, are you coming in from a distraction-free environment during our call today?
1: I am. I close every tab. The door's closed. My son's up. So we're good
0: awesome are you aware we're broadcasting this to the entire globe that anyone on the internet with access to facebook youtube linkedin twitter Streamyard, or any other internet streaming service and potentially the audio recording might even be used in a podcast episode later down the road to be of support and encouragement to others are you aware that all of this is happening and that our conversation today do you give permission for me to be able to broadcast this out
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Sweet. I love it. And the next question is, may I have permission to be your coach during this session? Now, before you say yes, what I'm asking for is, may I ask you questions or may I say things that will challenge you at a deep level?
1: Absolutely. That's why I'm here.
0: Sweet. I love it. And then uh, the final thing I want to let you know, this is me looking directly at you on the camera Mm -hmm. here. Uh, But I want to let you know that I have a live transcript going over here. So if you ever see me do something like this, I want you to know I'm not checking my email. I'm looking (laughs) at the transcript to see the exact phrase, the exact words that you just spoke. I also have below me here my iPad. And as you're speaking, I may be feverishly trying to take notes of the things that you are saying. So all of that to say that if you see me looking around at my millions of things going on in my office. I promise you, everything you see me do during these 90 minutes is in full support of you. Is that cool?
1: That's great, yes.
0: Edwin, tell me a little bit about yourself. 27 years as a probation officer, what did that life look like and how did you show up and serve people for 27 years in that position?
1: It was quite a long journey and uh, I'm Spanish speaking, so my uh, skills were very uh, used tremendously during that time. I would deal with uh, both Spanish and English speaking clients uh, to help them process the legal system when they're under supervision or they're in prison getting released, getting them help uh, once they're out for services. Uh, With the environment that we're in now, increasingly, many of them Spanish speaking from other countries, So unfortunately, some of them, not all, but a handful of them would get returned to their country of origin. So helping families navigate that, I got to know that system pretty well. Not super well because it's a federal system and they're very, they don't communicate so much. They're very secretive, sort of, but enough to be able to get the job done. Um, It was fulfilling for a long time, but Cliff, I will tell you the last six months I was there, I'm a huge fan of you, Dan Miller and many others. And when I would hear podcasts of the future, of what the future holds, I was more and more realizing that this is, I need to get out of this somehow. But my plan was like to write out the last five years or so. Um, so I did the best I could till the last minute I was there. But it got difficult towards the end because it was, it was, it's, it's very hard to explain. It was a system. I was at a county level in my state. State of Pennsylvania has three levels, county, state, and federal our neighboring state only has a state and federal level, so it's different aspects of that, but it's still it's still a, a law enforcement-oriented uh, career, so. But, I mean, I do not regret the twenty, close to 27 years I was there because I gave it my all, helped as many people as I could, and I still run into some of them, my clients, because of the community I live in, they're all here, too. And I run into them from time to time, and I encourage them to keep going and, and, and even helped one the other day of navigate of some situations he was facing, so.
0: Well, without giving any details of that person's name or anything like that, no. just the situation, if you could tell me, like, w- and what way did, you, what was this person going through that you helped and, oh and how did you help them?
1: So, this particular this is very, very sad because this particular individual, was so different levels of, of supervision. And he was at the lowest, lowest level, which he completed all his um, probation and parole conditions. So, he was on what's called phone reporting. Now, once I left, I lost access to absolutely every case I had there, any information. So I had no idea of verifying. I can't remember uh, I, Cliff, I literally, in 27 years, literally helped over 10,000 people. So that's hard for me to keep uh, track of all these names. And I always said, if I really remember you, you were really, really well and did something really good or you're really bad and just, I could not forget you. So, but he was a very, very good client. So his situation was, he's from Mexico, but he's here legally. His mother's dying and he's trying to get over there to see her, has no idea if his case expired, he finished or not, and no one would help him. There were seven Spanish-speaking probation officers at one point, Cliff. When I left, there were three left and he was named who he was in touch with for a while. This person stopped responding and he would go to the office in person and say, I just need to know what's going on. And They would literally turn him on the spot, send him out of the office without helping him. It's very sad because here's someone that's trying to be in compliance, trying to do the right thing. Because if you leave out of state without permission under supervision of the, of the law, you can get in a lot of trouble. You can even get arrested. And he wants to avoid that. All he wants when is, when's my probation done? So I showed him a backdoor. I told him, look, I know all your money is paid in full. I do remember that about you. But go call this collection officer anyways and say, hey, how much do I owe? As a backdoor question. And when he says, oh, you know, oh, anyway, you're paid in full. 'Cause she has access. To, oh, by the way, when's my case done? And I told him, if you don't hear by Tuesday, I'm here Tuesday at my full-time job now. I deliver pizzas now. I'm here on Tuesdays, every Tuesday, come back and tell me he literally lives like a hundred yards from the store. He never came back, so I'm hopefully that he got his answer. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
0: Give me another example in your 27 years of somebody that you got to help from, let's just say a life perspective, uh helping them along their path finding some support and encouragement, finding some hope and meaning in life.
1: So I'd always tell all my clients, you know, you're always entitled to a mistake. I'm here to help you. Um, There's one case in particular I saw on Monday. uh, It was just five days ago. So as you know, Cliff, cell phone technology tends to wean after a while. And I had no idea when I went on Monday that I only had an iPhone 8 and it was really just... On his last breath, immediate upgrade. So, as I'm doing this work there, I see someone walk by, dark glasses, big, big beard. I'm like, and I couldn't forget his, I forgot his last name, but is that David? I thought it was Miller. I was like, yeah, David. And that's not his real name, but it was David something else. I was like, no, that's David so and so. Like, that's right. It's a client I had. Now, this gentleman was in quite a bit of trouble and just kept getting tripped up. Now, to put it nicely, Cliff, not everybody like you and I wants to help people. Unfortunately, some people get in those positions of power, and they really do it do things that are not ethical or, or as good. They're not really there to help, so per se. Or they help in a way that's not very helpful sometimes. And maybe they don't see that. So he was in that vicious cycle because he had different agencies that he had to report to. And he stumbled his way through quite a few times, but I kept encouraging him telling him, let's do this, you know, just keep hanging in there. Um, other agencies wanted him. I had no choice. Like, look, they're going to be taken away, but you have to answer them. This is not me. This is not us. So on and so forth. So finally, he, he was able to work through all that and, and, and finish. Well, Cliff, this. I'm like 5'10". He's about 6'2". Mm-hmm. I'm pretty big. He gave me the biggest hug when he saw me. That was just so encouraging because, like, Edwin, you're the only one that ever helped me. He is now, um, he was like a recruiter. Now he works for Comcast. I don't know if Comcast is out. near area, Comcast is a huge uh, cable company, communications company, uh, and Xfinity is an affiliate of them. And he is uh, one of the top managers there in, in that company now. And he's happy. He's productive. And he remembered me. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah.
0: So... What is it that you are looking to build today? Tell us a little bit about life coaching because I know this is something that you you came to Free the Dream 2018, is that correct?
1: 2019.
0: Free the Dream 2019. So you came to Free the Dream 2019 and I remember when we connected then, you were like, listen Cliff, I am a probation officer, been doing this for more than two decades and I'm looking to go full-time as a life coach. How did you first discover life coaching, and what made you decide that that was for you? And what was your earliest uh, experiences with life coaching?
1: Well, it's interesting, Cliff, the the earliest uh, inklings that I got of that, believe it or not, were from you and other people like you. I discovered uh, what life coaching was through podcasts, and interviews and things of that nature and as you know you're one of the earliest people i started following and listening to podcasts but if they call the internet the web as it's been referred to it's literally a web because it connects and connects and it just expands more and more and i couldn't tell you at this point the whole i could at one point but it got so big now the whole progression of who i met first and who led to this person this person but somewhere along the line i met you and you and then from other people from there i landed on uh this uh coaching site called Professional Christian Coaching Institute by Chris McCloskey he's the leader of that of that uh, of that organization and is the podcast there explains a lot what life coaching is and more importantly what it's not and it was in about 2016 or so that i really started saying this is something i really really want to do now i had reached out to a former pastor who does coaching as well that helped me tremendously Now, if you may recall, Cliff, I did not make the 2018 Free the Dream because I had cancer. I do
0: remember that now.
1: Yeah, so that year was a big year, and that's the year I was supposed to start my coaching. I put it on hold for a year, Uh, and then I started a a class, and uh, and incidentally, I'm still planning on wanting to go back and get even further training. It's on my my to-do list. Uh, but that was when I started getting help from this pastor and hearing you and Ray Edwards and so many other people speak of coaching and the questions and, and just really uh, hearing you a lot, of how you, the questions that you ask and how deep you go and the testimonials. Says, you know, this, is, this is my life's calling. This is that I just knew. A cliff for an audience, it's never too late. When that calling rings in your heart, run with it. It doesn't matter. You're never too old. You can still breathe and you're alive. There's still hope. Uh, So that's how that journey started.
0: Excellent. And so when you heard that call, before you were diagnosed with cancer, you were pursuing this, correct?
1: Yes, I was pursuing when I start the class.
0: Okay, so that's when you you were going to start the training. Had you done any coaching Mm -hmm. up to that point? No. Okay. And then you had your cancer diagnosis. You sought treatment. How are things going in that area of your life today?
1: I just passed the five-year mark this past June and never looked back. And I never thought, but once in that whole journey in 2018, boy, am I reaching the end. It was after I was cancer-free and after just some setbacks that I had after the fact with surgeries and stuff. That I just, for an inkling level, a second, I think, is something going wrong here? But I overcame everything. So, it's, it's, it's all behind me. And we're still doing checkouts. My doctor's extremely uh, thorough. So, I think he's going to hold me for another year. but so far so good
0: I'm gonna ask you a trick question yeah during the time so you were getting ready to go into training you said you had done no coaching up to that point yet Mm -hmm. but you so you decided to put off your training for coaching while you were seeking cancer treatment how long did that cancer treatment last 10 months so for 10 months during that 10 months how many people did you coach
1: zero I wasn't even in the class yet
0: Okay. So remember I asked I, I prefaced that by I am gonna ask you a trick question. So I'll, I'll give yeah. you one more shot at it and see if you pick it up. And if not, okay. it's not a big deal. But during that ten months, how many people did you coach?
1: Well, if you want to like a literal sense, maybe two at least or well actually thinking of, of how you your mind kinda of works, I've known you for so long. Probably everybody I came in contact with. Yeah. Though I didn't realize it it was I wasn't like Coaching. Hey, I'm your coach. How can I serve you today? Just my wherewithal, my actions, and my positivity of just pushing forward uh, touch a lot of people. That that I know for sure. Especially the, the doctors and nurses when, that all interacted with me.
0: I love that answer.
1: Yeah. So not directly. So I see where you're going. It wasn't directly our actions aren't necessarily. So it wasn't. It wasn't so formal. Hey, uh, what brings you to coaching, and how can I help you today? It was like some sort of our own actions, even and, and words will will coach air quotes here without us even knowing all
0: right so maybe formally i'll buy directly yeah. i don't you directly yeah. coached a lot of people for 10 months yeah, yeah. but formally eh, yeah yeah you know, this is, who cares about formally yeah. so so for just for at least for now so for 10 months you coached a lot of people all right and really what is coaching in your mind what is coaching
1: bring an awareness of where you are and where you want to go um, the deepest thing of coaching is asking those powerful questions.
0: All right. And during that 10 months, did anybody come to you and say, Edwin, man, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I can't believe this. You must be feeling horrible. Uh, is there any, it's like, no, that's probably people are coming to you. It's like, Edwin, how is it that you have a smile on your face? Has anybody ever in 10 months, did anybody ever ask you that question?
1: Yes, a lot at church, because I would go to services when I was able to have the energy, and they would always say, like, look at that smile. Yeah. So I'm known for, I'm known for my smile.
0: <laughs> and during that time, when you're facing cancer treatment, and other people that you know, know that you're going through that, and you're having the experience of this positive mental attitude as it, as you, as it approaches your, your treatment and health and, all mm-hmm. the, and your perspective and how you see things are going... And people in your life who are experiencing far less, quite frankly, than a cancer diagnosis, and they seemingly are suffering a great deal. Did you have anybody come up to you and say, hey, how are you getting through this? Can I can I can you just give me some encouragement about my situation? Because it seems like if you can be facing that, how could I use what you're doing? Was there during that 10 months, was there any conversation like that where anybody came and said, Edwin, I'd love to just ask you a question, and you gave them some encouragement.
1: Not directly, not during that time that I recall.
0: Okay, so nobody did that.
1: Not that I recall now. Okay, but they saw my journey and they recognized that the the strength and the, the community and okay. around me. Yeah.
0: So 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 maybe if not one time that that happened, and I I still question whether or not somebody asked, mm. but still. Maybe not directly you coached someone. Because in my mind it, it is somebody's, you know, seeking your advice and you're giving some sort of feedback or asking questions to give them a powerful shift in the way that they're seeing the world. Now just your presence alone, sure having it. So maybe indirectly. Okay, so maybe mm-hmm. not formally, maybe not directly, but there's still no. there's still absolutely I and I'm gonna go back to the original thing. So you went it far broader with your your answer to the question but I'm still going to ask you is there anyone during that 10 months that you directly coached
1: directly as a coaching I don't recall all right directly but
0: let me ask you this during yeah. the 10 months did you have any doubts fears worries or anxieties that popped up
1: ever you know cliff no, because, I mean, I was out of work for 10 months, and I didn't even miss a payment. Like, I, so, so everything was just miraculously came through. Okay. It was incredible. That, no, I, that, interestingly enough, is uh, I was at such peace. Um, I had two jobs at the time. I couldn't work either. Um, when my doctor pulled me from both of them, I got a little anxious. But as time came through, I just realized wait,
0: wait a second. What did you just say? Yeah. You got a little anxious about what?
1: the income because I got pulled from both jobs. I had two jobs at the time.
0: So hold on. So wait a second. That's exactly what I asked. So, so during this period of time, did, was there ever time you had any worry, any fear, any doubt at any level? And you said, honestly, Cliff, no, everything just worked out. But then there was this time where I got pulled from both jobs and there was a little anxiousness. Yeah. So that sounds like maybe there was at least one time you had a little bit of fear.
1: There's twice, because it was that, the first time when I got pulled from my jobs, and then I saw how everything was just miraculously flowing, which is incredible, and at the end, it was about two months after, about six weeks after my surgery, my, my second surgery, because I went chemo for, I believe it was three months, and you talk about frustration, Cliff, chemo did absolutely zero for me, because whatever was in there was still there.
0: Wait a second, so you had frustration? Yeah. Ah. Huh. Interesting. So, so there is this guy in your life that you knew very personally who got let f- go from one position and had a little bit of anxiety. C- kind of like, what am I going to do now? Kind of situation. Mm-hmm. You also know a guy intimately who got uh, let go from a second job. And had a little bit more concern and stuff like this. You actually very intimately knew a guy who, after going through chemo and all this stuff, got really frustrated because it was doing nothing for him. Do you happen no. to know this guy that I speak of?
1: I think so. Did I you, think his name's Edwin.
0: <laughs> did you or did you not coach this guy?
1: Oh, I see where you're going now. Yes, I had to constantly talk to myself and... Um, I'm a ferocious reader, so I read a lot that got me through. I journaled a lot. So, yes, those are the tools that I used. Coaches tools, surprise, surprise, to get me through these difficult times.
0: This is what I needed to pull out of you. I needed to pull out Mm -hmm. of you to tell you that you coached someone through a cancer diagnosis and helped this someone get through it with incredible amounts of positivity, hope, and expectation. And even though there were challenges along the way, such as losing two different sources of income, having some temporary anxiety about how this is all going to work out, and then going through a layer of frustration that chemo is just not seeming to do anything for him, and yet you successfully guided and coached that person intimately every step of the way, mm. every single day, using specific tools that you know are powerful to help that person Oops. maintain the positive hope and expectation of the healing that you that, that person ultimately experienced.
1: And I need to correct myself, Cliff, because as a coach, of course, coaches draw things out of people. You draw another memory that I actually think I had buried. Um, I have I've had... I have it at bay now. I've had to put boundaries, massive boundaries, sadly, with, I think, one of the most intimate relationships a human being can have is with their own biological mother. And my relationship with my own biological mother has been nothing short of tumultuous almost my entire life, and I'm not even exaggerating. I didn't realize how bad it was until things started coming out. During this time, it was so bad that I, I was not able to speak to her because of her toxicity. And you may or may not know, Cliff, that when someone's on chemotherapy, chemotherapy hijacks your emotions. It puts whatever is going on, and this is what brought it out. I remember this now, because it's not that I want to put in a box and forget about it. It's you move on. But now, Cliff, I clearly remember her having, I want to correct myself massive massive anxieties when I came to that relationship with her and it was horrible I'm talking of I feel and I can feel for those perhaps that suffer from anxiety because I, that, that was like at a level that I've experienced very rarely I think I only experienced that one time after that at that level at the past job about 3-4 years ago or of a different separate situation that eventually left to, led to my my leaving back on March 14th of this year. But yes, during that time, during the cancer treatment, I do recall now that there was a, a part there was incredibly difficult. And I needed a very strong network to get me through that. And fortunately, I had it. Yeah. And they helped me.
0: And it was your coach that encouraged you to pull in and, and see the value in a network and to reach out. It was your coach that got you through all of that, right?
1: Yes. That and coach the, named Edwin made me realize and pulled me through that. And that, yes, absolutely, because I had to dig in deep yes. at that point to get through that. I do recall that now. Thank you for reminding me. Not that it's a bad memory. It's just like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. So... You got through your cancer diagnosis and the dream of being a life coach is still there through this process?
1: More stronger than ever.
0: Okay. Yes. When and or did you or if you did, when did you pick back up on this pursuit officially in your mind of of becoming this professional life coach?
1: So right after I- 2018, if I recall, is when the training started. Um, and then carried into 2019 uh, with wanting to pursue things that didn't kick in until, believe it or not, it was 2019. No, I think I'll get my dates mixed up. I know the Cliff for Free the Dream was the second one for you. And it was the following year, it was in September and the following April, that things really, really kicked in, which was 21 um because i and I'm thinking it's, it's interesting i don't know if, if you've experienced this cliff sometimes we we tend to think pre pandemic and post pandemic was so I big that,
0: I do see that a lot, yeah
1: and I only think of that just because of the date' cause of march uh of twenty uh whatever that year was that's when the pandemic really started, so I remember as right, as the year before that. So, anyways, right after it was a year after the Free the Dream um, that things really kicked in for a bit, and then I landed some clients and made some a good amount of money. Nothing big, but it was, believe it or not, it was uh, it was got me through this this past year of what I've been doing um, because I had a few clients, and at the end of the year, they all died off. Um, so I'm thinking backwards. Okay, that was 21, so 22. I only landed one client, but for me, that wasn't a failure because I still landed that one client briefly but i also use that whole year to keep digging in to keep that dream alive cliff and i wrote my book as you're aware of so that whole year was when the book was published last year and and here we are you know this year things are, are i've done which we'll talk about as, as you know if you want to where i'm leading to where what i've done this year um but um, the dream has never died it has never died
0: so you came out of your cancer Situation and in 2020 you got back into your education mode. 2019, mm-hmm. 2020, you got into education mode and you landed a handful of clients. How many paid clients did you have that year? Four. Okay, so I'm going to write this down here. So four paid clients and how well, much? Let, What's that? Let me see. No, let
1: me correct that. Let me. It was ten, ten because there were four ongoing. But six other ones that were like just a one one time like assessment type coaching. They never went for life coaching, but they were still paid clients that we did a assessment called Career Direct.
0: Excellent. So so you did. So you did 10 paid clients. Six Mm -hmm. of them were one off. So the six that were one off. How much did you charge for those?
1: Those were about two hundred.
0: Two hundred dollars. Got it. And that was just a one time call. How long were the
1: calls? Like an hour and a half. It's an assessment they take, and they get this like forty-page report. Yep. And I decipher the, the the assessment and explain it to them.
0: So it was a it was a uh, basically a two hundred dollar package. They do an assessment, and then you jump on a call with them for ninety minutes to review and give them some clarity and some direction. Yes. Yep. Yes, that's All correct. Right. So six. So you. So you had six people who just did that alone. Did the mm-hmm. other four come from that?
1: No, but it's interesting. One of them led me, one of my life coaching clients led me to two of those assessments for her nieces.
0: That's wonderful. All right. So yeah. so the four people who you did ongoing coaching for, they did not come from the assessment coaching, correct? Correct. All right. First and foremost, how did you promote and market the assessment coaching?
1: So these all came from my church. I was able to bring a, a message. It was interesting that Every time I wanted to present something to my pastor, uh, wanting to help the church in some form, he's like, Oh, why don't you bring a Sunday sermon? Um, so they're out there in, in, in the ethosphere of YouTube, there's a video of, I'm like, I'm like thinking, how the heck am I going to bring a Sunday sermon interconnected with coaching? Like, it just baffled me. He's like, How do I do this? So I came up with a premise and brought uh, a sermon titled, You're a Diamond. So I brought the idea of coaching as the process of what a diamond goes through to be that diamond. And I was able to bring that to the church, explain it. And then two weeks later, I had a and a with them. And that's when it really just took off. And it was all mainly just from my church initially, but I have a very small church. Um, but yeah, that's where it all, it all started.
0: I love it. And let me ask you this. Just out of those six people, did any of those six people who went through that 90-minute session se- assessment come back to you later and say, wow, thank you for that? I Let me just share with you some things that have been going on in my life and that would have never happened had I not taken that assessment and had that 90 minutes with you. Uh,
1: one that I recall, because most of those uh, people were high school students. And it was either a parent or an aunt that funded it. <laughs> Uh, but the one particular person from my church was interesting. Uh, she took the assessment. Uh, she has, uh, would always compliment me on that. Uh, she's on my email list, so the, the messages she was getting were very encouraging to her. And what was interesting with her is the assessment, it kind of worked backwards because she took the assessment. Bef- and between the assessment and then sitting down with me to go over the whole assessment, she landed a job. And what was interesting is then when we opened this assessment up and look at it, it was exactly where she would have landed anyways. So I was like, it was like, it was perfect. So I was like, gosh, her name is Denise. It's like, not only did you find a job, look at it right before your eyes. This is exactly what this pointed to. And then she was very happy. So
0: so there was a lot of confirmation that she was on the right path and that she chose the right opportunity.
1: Yes, and so not and, and and now that's just to be clear, and I write this in my book, you know, assessments aren't 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 like the be all end all. They're guides. But that doesn't mean that this is what you know, you have to do the work. It's about discovering you. Um you could take a, a this personality, whatever you want. It, it can explain something on paper, okay, be that as it is, you still need to do the work and keep digging and discovering and, and work with it. You know? Um it's not like okay, I'm I'm a doctor, so where's my diploma, that type of thing. So you have to, it, it takes a lot of self-exploration, discipline, and further work. So a lot of these uh, people would, would and, and they're not all crystal clear. Some of them were clearly, you know, my kid wants to do this, this, and you know, a, a doctor or a leader, business person. And they're very clear and like, okay, that's going in a direction. But I had one that was very, very, very strange. It's like, okay, you're an athletic musician. I don't know where this is going. Let's explore this more. Uh, His mom had paid him for that when he was like his mid twenties. Um, And I from time to time would say, Hey, how's it going? This and that, but he was very introverted. Um, I left it out there, you know, and I'm hoping that he was able to use that and uh, explore further. But I saw that to say that uh, we need to be careful of of really like you're even showing in the conversation with me, Cliff, that, that, that's, that the life of the essence of a coach is drawing out what's within it's what's in us, you know. Outside, there's tools to maybe bring clarity or some kind of direction, but it's not the be-all end-all. They're just say something, It's just saying something, but it doesn't mean that's not where it ends. It's barely just not even scratching the surface; it's just the beginning. It's like want to anything like that to say, like, okay, well, what's more in there? What's going on? What, 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 what do you feel? What do you see? Where do you want to go? What's what is in you? Um, and, and drawing that out. Yeah.
0: All right, so the four ongoing clients that you worked with, how much did you charge them for their package? What was their packages like?
1: So at the time, my package were $300 a month. It's $100 a session. Um, and I think, you know what, I need to go back. I think it was not four. I think it was three. The fourth one came later. So it's interesting. There were three. One was three times a month. One was only once a month. And the third one... So the once a month was only $100 because it was $100 a session. The second one was the $300. She took the three times a month um, session. And the third one, I-, I wanted to help her out and she was willing to pay, but she was so poor. She could only pay $50 a session and I worked with her for that, for, for, but she only did two. And then she had paid her third, but she just dropped off the radar because there was something going on with her that was taking her time away. Okay. So the $300 a month one, I, she worked with me for like, like six months. And the $100 month, month one, I think, worked for me with me for like six or seven months.
0: Excellent. Well, that's, by the way, uh, both of those are incredibly powerful. Somebody that's paying mm-hmm. you $300 a month or $100 a month. And did you have a contract that they will do it for a minimum number of months or did you? Have it set up to where, you know, you go month to month and they just continued for six to six to seven months.
1: It was open. There was no end date, but there was a contract. It was everything was all of them always had paperwork and and agreements and everything signed and the payments. All that was in order just so there was that we were very clear.
0: But it was just month to month was the expectation though, right? And they could leave any after any month. Yes. So the reason why I'm asking this is because I wanted to pull out and make sure that we're framing this relationship Mm -hmm. with these individuals. These are people who could have worked with you for one month and said, oh, that was nice, Edwin, and then went their merry way. But this Mm -hmm. is somebody who worked with you after the one month and said, you know what? I think I'd like to continue for a second month Mm -hmm. and then for a third month and a fourth month and a fifth month and a sixth month. And after the course of six months... I'm assuming that the reason why they moved on is because you really helped them get some solutions about what they hired you for. Is this correct?
1: That's correct. So the first one is clearly that 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 that's the the, the three times a month. The second uh, uh, client ended at the end of the year. She was exploring where I had, what was. she was exploring uh, a journey that she was going on through with her mom to take care of her elderly mom. And she knew she's a pastor's wife, and she wanted to know what would my purpose be beyond mom leaving because her life, her two daughters are already grown um, and out of their home. Um, so she's at home, you know, in the ministry with her husband, a pastor of, uh, of the church I attend. And she wanted to know well, what's next after this because basically her life was around helping mom. And things got so intense at the end of that year that was in the end of 21, 2021, December 21. She's like, I'm gonna pause this for now because things are getting really, really hectic with mom and all that stuff. So fast forward to this year, uh, her mom passed away a few months ago and now she's on the other side. But I am giving respect and honor and just honoring her to process all that. I did not want to go, hey, mom's gone. Let's get back into coaching. Where do you want to go? No, never do that. Let her, she knows. She worked with me the longest and she knows where I'm at. I'm the same, but if there's something there she wants to come back, you know, then then I'll, I'll, at some point, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to her, but I definitely want to give her her space.
0: Yes, but my th- that no. right there is not a concern to me of as much as what I'm trying to pull out of that experience with you no. is during those six or seven months that she worked with you, before things were getting very intense and she needed to you know, take and put all of her time into helping and supporting her mom in that, that transitionary time, do you feel that you gave her an incredible amount of value and that she pulled out a lot of insight about what her life will look like on the other side of this during those times that you spent together?
1: Absolutely. That's so even if she this. never
0: comes back and has you as a coach... She actually got a lot of value, a lot of insight, and now on the other side of her mom passing, she is actually moving forward with a lot of those insights that were gained from those conversations with you. And so, therefore, her life is radically different today than it would have been had she not had that six or seven months of coaching with you.
1: I absolutely believe that because she was a ferocious note taker. She was very on point. She was very prepared every time. So I know she has a file on her coaching that she has with her that I'm sure she'll go back and reflect through the conversations we had.
0: Excellent. I'm going to go to my note cards here. <clears throat> and uh, I want to share with you some notes that I took from your your questionnaire that we did mm-hmm. that you filled out. So there are a couple of things that you had stated and I kind of see this as your goals over the next three years. I said, if you had mm-hmm. were to, in three years from now, look back and say, "Man, uh, having that coaching conversation with Cliff back in August of 2023 was the best decision of my life." What would have to happen for you to say that? Number one, you said my mindset will be stronger than ever. Um, well, let me, and then number two, my mm-hmm. confidence in myself will be higher than ever. Let me ask you this, just based upon the conversations that I've already asked you today and the responses that you've come up with, do you feel a higher level of confidence in yourself right now than you did before this call started?
1: I do, Cliff, because you pointed out just by simply going through my journey and jogging my memory back when I had cancer or just how I really pulled myself. I had to dig into Edwin, how to tell Edwin and look in the mirror and say, you can do this. You can do this. So, yes. It's a reminder.
0: Do you know how uh, you're moving forward as a coach when you actually have a client who has a very deep, personal, significant issue in their life that they may have all sorts of other commitments and goals that they've committed to and all this other stuff, but that was before this life-altering circumstance landed in their lap? Do you see how you could be a powerful source of inspiration and encouragement and share your story of how, for a season of life, I had to put myself first? Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. All
0: right. Uh, another thing that you wrote down is that you would like to have a full coaching schedule. Mm-hmm. All right. You also mentioned a second book, Becoming Debt Free and clear focus on where I'm heading and why. So we're going to get to some of these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the accomplishments that you mentioned is that you're a family man, that you and your wife have weathered uh, through many storms. You also have a a child with special needs, a son, and uh, just you love being a father and being there and being a support to him as well. Uh, You've already published one book. That's a significant accomplishment. Many people would never think to go and take all those actions. So, congratulations. And you have a strong network of people that helped you when unexpected circumstances came your way. Yes?
1: Yes. Very
0: awesome. Uh Notice, though, that in your accomplishments, there was nothing mentioned about the fact that you coached yourself through 10 months of cancer treatment and that you have successfully coached multiple people through your coaching programs have had an incredible amount of support and encouragement and that those people today will never be able to see the the world in the same way that they saw it before working with you so would you agree mm-hmm. that those are significant accomplishments as
1: well absolutely absolutely i have to add that to my my memory bank there and, and be able to talk about that too love it
0: all right yes. um I'm going to skip that one for now. We've already talked about this. Actually, so here are, there are a couple of things. One, you said you were a probation officer for 27 years. Uh, That ended, I believe, in March of this year. Yeah. And uh, what's going on for income today? Because I heard you say, I think something like you've only had one client this year.
1: I had one last year. Very, very appreciated. How many clients have
0: you had this year?
1: None
0: yet. Okay, no worries. I'm going to ask you yeah. one other question and then we'll go back to my original question. How many people have you coached this year?
1: Well, that's a good question because formally paid none, but uh, who knows many?
0: Okay. so I didn't
1: realize it because looking at a, at a different lens.
0: Okay. How about how many people, I'm going to ask you a very specific question mm-hmm. and, and it's a leading question that will we'll pre-frame our conversation moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How many people have you formally coached this year that have not paid you formally coached meaning a coaching session hey thank you so much for joining me today i'm honored to have this opportunity to coach you let me ask you this edwin how many people do you think i will coach by it's currently 8 50 this morning all right but by 10 a.m. this morning, how many people will you, do you think I will have formally coached this morning? You? Yeah.
1: Everyone listening listen to this.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. But, for, but <laughs> indirectly, I'm coaching them.
1: Yeah. Okay. So do-
0: Direct directly, formally coaching. How many people me. will I have coached this morning? One. One person. All right. So mm-hmm. I am very specifically asking this question. In the year 2023... How many people have you invited into a formal, direct, one-on-one coaching session with you, paid and or unpaid? Uh, And and, and actually, not just invited, but performed a full coaching experience with them.
1: Okay, none yet. I've invited many in In, various
0: forms. Invited many, but performed none this year so far. Yes, so far. That's where I wanted to get to. All right. Mm -hmm. So... Income-wise, you said that you worked for 27 years as a probation officer. And in March of this year, that ended. And Mm -hmm. income-wise, how are you paying the bills? What are you doing?
1: So I wanna tell you something that may shock you, but I'm going to add, because if I say it out of context, it's gonna seem like it's impossible, but let me just tell you the whole thing. So two weeks before I was, I left, I got the biggest raise in income I've ever gotten in my life. I got a $16,000 a year raise. Not out of the kindness of their heart, because I worked for county, as a government, but they were forced through many circumstances that just for the sake of time, it's not even worth getting into. But the fact is I got a $16,000 a year raise. I only saw two paychecks. I went from $48 an hour, Cliff, to $4 an hour plus tips and I'm still surviving. Now, to frame that, and again, without getting into all, all the specifics, there was a significant amount of money that I was there called a pension. Mm-hmm. Going back, Cliff, why the network is so important. I had been speaking with a financial advisor for a long time. Now, because I know you so well, Cliff, pretty well, because I've been listening to you for years, I just want to frame this with you, too. Now, As I speak to you, and I know how you think, I want to say, you know what? Um, again, mindset, because that's what one thing I'm, I, I struggle with sometimes. My mindset, as I speak to you, is telling me, Edwin, you're doing better than you realize. Stop and think about it for a little bit. Frame it out, think it out. So, what do I say that, Cliff, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I'm still trying to do the Dave Ramsey plan, and get debt free. As, I, as you know, my son is special needs. He needs a lot of help. He's extremely, he's highly, he's autistic. He's on the autism spectrum, very highly functional but needs a lot of services right now. And we're able to do that. And some of them are not covered. We have to pay out of pocket, but he is my life. We'll do anything for him. And thankfully, because of that mindset think we're really turning a corner, like big time in so many areas. It's so great. But during that time, I had no money just to dream the plan,
0: but that never stopped me
1: from talking to a financial planner. I don't have any money to give her yet at the time. It's all stuck in a pension. I'm just trying to survive. But I still talked to her. And because of that conversation, Cliff, that was able to set, without me knowing, set in motion that, oh, my gosh, when this happened, she's the second person I called. The first person I called was my wife. The second one was Christine. Christine, I need your help. And she was so instrumental, Cliff, in such a way that when it was all said and done, the, I only was able to pull one third of what I had in there because the county kept the rest and it's in a pension. So this is why I'm framing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's $4 an hour plus tips that I'm living on now, but there's a little more. So then the county kept their portion and I get a very small monthly pension, but I get that for life. And it's a tremendous help, especially now. The other little bit that was left, we put our minds together and she developed a plan that for the next 20 months till the end of tw- December of next year, I will be able to draw a little bit of income on a small part of that, and the majority of that is now, I now control, not the county. I now took control of that. I have control of one-third of my money, and Cliff, that one-third, and this is what really opened my eyes, like, man, I really need to get moving here, because I was able to take control of that part. I could have left everything with the county and been comfortable and gotten a significant pension, but they hinted very clearly in my Financial advisor picked up on was like they're hinting clearly. Everyone, you need to pull out what you can, and you control it. And Cliff, that alone has been working for me. It's out the, the 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 money's grown. It's outpacing what I'm taking out. So basically, I'm like living off of, and I'm not, I'm not getting rich from it. I'm just surviving. Mm-hmm. But the mindset, it's like I'm living off the interest and then some, and it's not even a whole lot. That really clearly told me. And I always said this, Cliff, and I'm sure you, you understand this. I would tell anybody that would hear me. And, and the more I talk to you, I realize, you know what, Cliff, I'm going to go back and clarify something further. Who did I don't have a formal relationship? We signed a contract. You're going to pay me. Da, da, da. I had none of that. But I coached hundreds of people every single day at my old job when I was there because I would tell them day in and day out. I would encourage them. I would help. And that's something, if we get to the point later, I'm going to tell you what I learned from that, right? But I had no point, no problem in helping people there and encouraging them to say, there's life outside of here. Though I didn't see it yet or know it, I just knew it's almost like the unexplored territory, like you're an old West Pioneer. It's like somewhere beyond that mountains, something beautiful. I don't know what it is, but when I cross that range, I'm going to see what's on the other side. I got a little help, you know? I'll say, hey, you got to go. It was sad. It was unexpected. It was sudden. But I'm okay. I'm on the other side. I was like, wait. And I'm like, yeah, there is a life outside of that, on the other side of all this. And it's so much better. So, to frame all that is to, to, for me to just say, yeah, I went from 48 an hour to $4 an hour plus tips, and I'm doing well. And that would be a misstatement without a context. Adding what else is in there, yeah, I, I am doing more than one well right now. But I also realized, um, since leaving there I always love to read and I've my reading has picked up incredibly more I'm reading some of the books you've recommended on your podcast one of them you kept talking about over and over again the itch got so bad I had to buy it and I'm almost done reading that book and it's again about changes the mindset one book that I've heard of I'm sure you've heard of and probably even read is um, that I absolutely loved. I read it in like an hour is Who Moved My Cheese
0: I have not that's read of that first. one
1: that's oh, my gosh, going Jay. yeah you have got to get that hands on that one um, and that was very, very well, eye-opening. Let, let, yeah. me pa- let
0: me pause you there, because I want to I yeah. emphasize what you just picked up. So first of, all, first of all, I'm thrilled that you are just now realizing why we started with your 27 years career. <laughs> Who did you help? And you just finally came to the realization that during the 27 years I worked, I helped, I coached hundreds, if not thousands of people. So I have more than 20, I have, in essence, you actually have three decades of coaching experience. Now, let me ask you this. How much confidence do you have now in yourself and your ability as a coach? compared to let's just say 15 minutes ago
1: it's a world of difference because i realized you know there was no contract because we get we get so caught up in the paperwork the contract wait 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 wait,
0: wait. i don't accept that please use i get caught up because we does not because we infers that i'm in this with you i don't get caught up in any of that
1: very clear so i'll I'll accept if you want
0: to say i but just don't include me
1: yes go ahead you're very very real yes i get caught up in that okay fair enough when when i said we not wanting to include other people in general but well don't include them i don't want you to
0: presume anything about them either
1: yes i'm sure you i'm sure
0: that you will find others who also get caught up in yeah. but we is a blanket statement that I don't think that you should probably put everybody else into
1: yeah very true alright so I I get, I definitely yes I, I take ownership me Edwin Solar, gets caught up in, in again the mindset the, the formality that the, all these steps have to do have to do this 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 and then to be okay now I'm coaching you i yeah. doing it the, all this time
0: You've been coaching this whole time. And and even to take the language even a step further, up until this point, I've limited my thoughts about coaching is that it's formal and there's a contract and we're in a session and it's this way. And that's up till this point. But from this point forward, I see coaching as having a relationship with someone where they are open to seeking wisdom, discernment, advice, encouragement, or support in any area of life. And I am using my education, my experience, my areas of expertise, my skills, talents, and abilities to bring value to them. That's coaching.
1: Yes. Will you allow me to open up a little bit more of what trips this up just a tiny bit with me. Sure. specifically.
0: That's, I'm here my to help you. Me. So what, what's tripping you up
1: so with all that said that someone, there are some people in my job that that's exactly what I was doing. But one of them was like a very, what I thought was a very dear friend that I was encouraging doing everything you said. And it's a person that twisted things around and put things into a sequence of events that led to my leaving to being pushed out. Okay. So in so, my mind, I don't, so I you're don't saying that, that to, so
0: you had somebody, let me see if I'm hearing what yeah. you're saying in, mm-hmm. in your career as a probation officer, somebody twisted it around said, listen, Edward's trying to coach me. And I'm not into this and and I don't like how he's coaching me and the way that he's doing this and blah blah blah. And because you got into a an informal coaching relationship without contracts, without agreement, without permission, it cost me my job. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: Pretty yes, you could say exactly that. What this is this is what it basically is yes, just came down to. So, my understanding. Yeah.
0: So the thing is, is that what you may or may n- not realize is that you probably were coaching him because Her. coaching yeah. does not require mm. the, the, all of yeah. the stuff, but you have learned an incredibly valuable lesson with an incredibly high price tag for this mm-hmm. education, but yes. all, you were educated on the value of never coaching without permission.
1: That's exactly right. That is exactly right.
0: What was one of the first four questions or five questions I asked you? Number one, do you rec- do you realize this conversation is my gift to you? Mm-hmm. Are you distraction free? Do you give me permission to broadcast this all over the globe? Number five, uh, are you aware that I'm, ta- I'm everything I'm doing is some support of you? But there was a fifth question right in the middle. May I have permission to be your coach? May I ask you questions or say things to you that will challenge you at a deep level? Yes.
1: And Cliff, that's exactly what I did with this person. I didn't just hit it and just pour. Out. No, I asked her.
0: Okay, so you and did I help
1: you. Yes. All right. That's what. Tr- yes, there was there was permission granted. Um, but so, I learned.
0: So you asked for permission. Now the question is: is that was that in violation of your employment agreement with them?
1: no okay
0: well i don't want to go into that Uh, anybody can have an incredibly bad coaching experience i certainly have had my fair share of not so fun coaching conversations Mm -hmm. and and all that stuff we don't have to get it right all of the time but still you did coach you and and it sounds to me like you actually even coached with permission and it had a disastrous outcome
1: yes or did it No, like you know, it did not. That day, yes. But Cliff, you and I are are, are men of faith, and without getting going down that rabbit hole, it's just we're men of faith. Cliff, within an hour of the of me leaving, within one hour, clearly, clearly, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. It started immediately. The pain is there. The shock is there. But clearly, Cliff, and there's not a question, not a doubt, a shadow of doubt in my heart, in my mind, that this is the best thing that could have happened to me. There you go. So it's painful, but it's, it, it's, it's, there's no question.
0: So how, so you, you brought that story up mm-hmm. as a result of that. That is what is a hang up for you of accepting this idea that I don't have to have contracts, I don't have to have everything spelled out. But yet you just said there's only one experience that you have that keeps you from just like, yeah, I could just coach anybody. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to have a agreement. But even in that scenario, it that it turned out to be the, one of the best things that's ever happened for you. So how is that a hang-up for you from accepting the fact that coaching is any but any kind of conversation where you have this opportunity? How is that a hang-up for you?
1: So the mindset comes from the best way that I could explain it is – my how i see myself as my value in spite of that it's just how i was portrayed what was said and it's like i had conversations with even up to yesterday people that are familiar with it let me pause you right there so Mm
0: -hmm. my because your your feeling about your own value Mm -hmm. has taken a ding as a result of that experience yes 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 that's what you're getting ready to say yes and if you focus on that and and by, by the way there's you'll you'll recognize that I would not let you go down that that yes. hole. I am not mm-hmm. going there with you. I will yeah. never go there with you. No. All right? No. Because yeah. what you focus on is what you feel. Mm-hmm. And what you focus on consistently or with energy and emotion you manifest more of it into your life. Do you want more of that experience?
1: What the good experience. I want
0: You want what more I know. You, so so you, you'll notice, I'll let, we, we could talk for hours about the experience you had with the pastor's wife and the yeah. conversations and, and the insights that she got. We could talk for yeah. hours about the other people who have worked with you and all this other yeah. stuff. We could talk for hours about all the successes and people who come up and give you a big hug because you stand out yeah. as the one person in this entire system that just shows that you care. I'll talk with you for hours about all of that, but I'm not going to focus with yeah. you on the one thing that dings your confidence.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to either it because that would be a waste of both our times. It's just a all recognition right. of that. It's, it's a, a little.
0: It's a recognition that uh, it's, it's there. A, yeah. But here's what I'm trying to get you to focus on is and, and this is this is the key here. Do you recognize there's a, a very exponentially much larger piece of the puzzle where things have gone increb- incredibly well with your coaching experience that far outweighs that little blip.
1: I' frame that way after this conversation, absolutely because I've really never saw quite the expanse of it. So as when you have shown me? So when
0: you think about yourself and your value as a coach, where should you dig into from your experience to find that to 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 feel that value that you bring? Where should you go digging and mining for that value?
1: The acres of diamonds I'm literally standing on of experience. Yes.
0: The twenty seven years of yes. all of those hundreds, if not thousands, of people that you coached.
1: And even before that, because I'm I looked even deeper. It didn't start when I started my career. There. It started even way before that.
0: Yeah. I was coaching so people sure. in
1: high school. Yeah. 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 So there's a lifetime I realize, much more than 27 years. Yeah. No.
0: So is that a big blip for you now as we move forward? Um,
1: no. No. But really, it, and, and really, it, it's, it's, it's it's been settled. Like it's, just God, has it. it's God has to God has control of everything. It's, he's made it so clear. And when I got this, just just move on. Um, just like just it's like that pebble in your shoe. It's like or that like I sometimes say that gnat in my head, so to speak.
0: So one one of the things that you wrote in your questionnaire for me is uh, as one of your struggles. I need to stop looking at my weakness weaknesses and my mistakes of the past. It happened. I need to learn from it and move on. Mm-hmm. I would assume this is what we're referring to. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. Are you making a commitment right now to accept what you've learned from that scenario?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Has it happened?
1: Oh, it happened, yes, in the past of source.
0: Okay. Can you change the fact that it happened? No. No. All right. It's it's done. Was it or was it not, looking back in hindsight, one of the best things that ever happened to you? Oh, Yes. All right. Are you ready to move on? I have to, yes. No, I didn't ask you if you have to, because if you have to, I don't hardly ever yeah. want to do anything that I have to. Yeah, So true. let's forget about I the fact to. that I just I want to know, to. Do, you have a, do you have a strong desire to move on beyond it? Let it be in the past. I do. Do you have a commitment to make it in the past, to move on?
1: I'll go even further of speak if possible. Never speak of it again in a negative way. There just you just go. Just bring it up. Just let it be. It happened. Put a tombstone on it and move on.
0: It, 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 I love the fact that you'll never look back. You'll never speak of it again in a negative way. I love that. I love that. Because, yes. in fact, I would encourage you to speak about it often. As a badge of honor, let me tell you some of the biggest, most egregious errors and mistakes I've ever made in my journey. Let me ask you, in all the years of my podcast content, you've come to my conferences, you've been in my courses, Edwin, have I or have I not openly shared my failures, my mistakes, my my biggest struggles, and, and all of that other stuff – and aren't those the stories that you resonate with that encourage you? And it's like, wow.
1: Yes. Little inside joke for those who don't know you, Cliff. I could tell your insurance story word for word for you. That's how well <laughs> I, know. I know you. I know. I know. I love but it. Yes, you've been you've been very very open, and, and elders. Yes, but that's what I, I love about you. You know. Awesome. Uh, so, so you just put it out there.
0: So that struggle is gone. Yes.
1: Oh yes. Yes. Sweet. I love it. All right. Because it's not not serving me anymore. It's it's just, it hasn't served me. Let me reframe that. um, I have to let it serve me, like you said, in a positive way. I got to let it stop serving me in a negative way. Yeah. Because you've said it many times. My aunt said something years ago, I'll never forget, um, that she says, and I think she said it outwardly, but we can also put it inwardly. She said, Edwin, I can have a thousand successes No one remembers. I'll have one failure. No one forgets. Said that outwardly, but inwardly, we're the same way. We could have a thousand successes. So with that one little failure, that one blip, it's like, seems to want to bring us down. It's like, yeah, no more. No more. I cannot let this serve me negatively anymore.
0: So I want to, we've got 25 minutes left. So I'm going to be very much directing the remainder of our conversation today. Mm -hmm. So, Real quickly here, income-wise, with your pension and with what you're doing on the side to earn this income, you're getting by, and you've said for yourself, you've got significant expenses, but you're getting by. Do you have enough margin of time and in finances to devote to building your coaching business?
1: Yes, because that's what I'm actually doing right now.
0: All right. And... How many hours per week can you realistically devote to your coaching business?
1: 10 to 15.
0: Okay, so 10 uh, let me write uh, give me just a second here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to write down 10 to 15 hours a week. Now, I can get rid of that. Challenges one one of the challenges that you stated is finding my ideal cl- client avatar. Once I have that figured out, then I will be able to go and reach those people because as everyone, or as the saying goes, when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. What if I told you that that might potentially be a limiting belief that everyone says that you might be just pulling in to your own agreements? Yes. So what I mean by this, let me share with you a great quote from Steve Chandler, from the co-author mm-hmm. of the book, yes. uh, The Prosperous, the Prosperous Coach. Coach. Yes. And I am going to put in here, niche, and I will read this quote from Steve Chandler. He says, most coaching certification programs urge novice coaches to find and choose a niche, a specialty. I have never encountered such. Uh, I've never encountered such counterproductive nonsense. Most of the coaches I know who are extremely successful have no niche at all. A niche would actually limit them. It would shut them off from many categories of people who are yearning for their help. I know coaches who emerge from certification in quotes programs, mm-hmm. crowing about the niche that they have chosen. They have no clients but they have a niche. The only time I see a niche, I see a niche working in a coaching coach's favor is when it emerges on its own. If you have a certain success in a certain category and it can happen by accident, you can now go to other people in that category and they are more likely to listen to your success stories. But even then, you don't have to let it restrict you. Now, let me ask you this: Is your greatest challenge finding your exact niche client avatar?
1: Frankly, yes. It's I'm thinking like who I'm always asking myself: so Who do I speak to? Who Who will I draw? But what? I'll be yeah. I but I think that in hearing you, I think you're confirming without me realizing why I've been fighting that also because I keep fighting it. So maybe I don't need that niche. I don't need to. I just need to speak to the world. It's like, hey, this is who I am. Here's my story. Here's how I want to help and I've always felt that way.
0: Think about um, tell tell me my story. Just just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you which parts of my story to tell. What mm-hmm. was I doing for a career for more than twelve years in a family run insurance business?
1: Insurance agent, All right. selling
0: insurance. Okay, and I in December two thousand five, I started a hobby doing what? Podcasting. All right, and my, that podcast was about what?
1: Lost the okay. show.
0: All right. And then all of a sudden that gained an audience of tens of thousands of people. And then I launched other podcasts about what
1: um, other shows mindset. I know you have a, a virtual, what's this one? And then the big one podcasting A to Z. So here's,
0: here's the, I'm going to, I'm going to zoom in and narrow in on how we first got our start. So first it started with the lost podcast, a television show. Mm-hmm. And then we started with desperate housewives, gray's mm-hmm. anatomy, private practice and a bunch of other entertainment shows who was our target audience people that watch the show people who watch television okay television. is that a very narrow niche or not do you let me ask you <laughs> this D- does that or does not not describe at least maybe 85 to 90 percent of people in the united states
1: or more if you include cell phones
0: okay so <laughs> so our niche was not very narrow no but, and the pod, and the these shows had a lot of broad range topics. And so sometimes we would talk about, how, you know, the family aspect of it. We would talk about a mindset aspect of it. We talk about a financial aspect of it, of a family, a relationship aspect of it, a parenting aspect of it, faith aspect of it. So these shows were very broad in their range of topics that the episodes covered, yes? Yes. So, so was the broad range of the things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And we had... At that point, hundreds of thousands of people who were listening to us, and people started asking us questions. Some asked us questions about our marriage. Some people asked questions about faith. Some people asked questions about business and sales and marketing. And some people asked about technology. Some people asked about podcasting. And I began answering questions in emails, coaching people through email, And then I would jump on calls with people and coach them in one-on-one calls. I would get on podcasts. I actually created podcasts, and I'd start having conversations with people on podcasts. And eventually, I had people, Edwin, say, Cliff, you've got to let me pay you for this. And I never thought about asking for people for money. I'm making a lot of money as an insurance agent. I'd never thought about doing this. But people said, Cliff, you've got to let me pay you. Now, the people who were saying that the most were the people who said, who got all of their podcasting advice from me. And so I decided to launch a show called Podcast Answer Man. And it was the first time where I'm like, well, maybe this is a niche that I might actually focus in on. And so I did, and yes, I did. I was successfully able to uh, land that. But even that niche was, well, it's people who want to launch a podcast. Well, what kind of people? It's still a very broad base. There are people who wanted to podcast as a hobby. There are people who wanted to do it for business. There are people who wanted to do it for all sorts of different reasons. So even that wasn't a very niche focus, but the, but it, do you notice how Podcast Answer Man came hold on i I was trying there it is podcast answering so podcast answer man came just as a what did he say it emerged on its own It, it it kind of just came up by accident i didn't intend to go out and build a business as the podcast coach it was a niche that came up now i will tell you that once i chose that niche edwin Eventually, it became one of the most lot, soul-crushing things that I did.
1: I remember. Because remember.
0: I actually got to the place where I was making over mm-hmm. a half million dollars a year as a podcast coach, but not actually doing the coaching that I felt most called to do. The niche was limiting me. And it wasn't until later that I decided I wanted to be the mindset answer man. Now, Mindset Answer Man is actually less niched than Podcast Answer Man. I went to a much broader niche or a much broader audience. So um, when I – and by the way, when I shut down – when I transferred Podcast Answer Man as the podcast name to The Cliff Ravenscraft Show, about three-fourths of my audience over the next six months unsubscribed – so, there is evidence to support that when you go broader, less people are interested. But that's okay because there were still people interested. Does you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so what I did is I just went all in on the things that I was most interested in talking about. So, yes, I was talking about faith. I was talking about business. I was talking about my personal fitness and health. I was talking about my relationship with my wife. I was talking about my kids in the Cliff Ravenscraft show. And it's much it, – it's, and it's of interest to a much broader audience, but most people don't know Cliff Ravenscraft yet, so they would care less who he is and what he has to say unless they come in some other way. But it's okay. There's lots of ways people can come in. But today, I do have very specific products that actually have niches. So mm-hmm. w- certain workshops are spe- for a spe- specific target audience. My Next Level Mastermind is for small business owners but not everybody that i coach and if you start watching these live streams not everybody's looking to build a business not everybody's looking to become a coach it just mm-hmm. this happens to be one of an An infinite number of topics that I could actually have an encouraging, meaningful conversation on. So while I may be the mindset answer man and I may have an incredible amount of education and experience in teaching people how to do the technical aspects of podcasting, I have an incredible amount of experience in the business, an online business in general, I have an incredible amount of business in the business of coaching. Not in a million years would I allow myself to be limited to any one of these topics.
1: Yeah, you confirmed something that I felt that I needed to hear again, Cliff, because I've always said, and I'm starting to hear away from this, and you're drawing me back to it. And something I've always said um, in my heart I will not chase a niche, I will let the niche chase me. Yes.
0: There's uh, nothing, it, co- <laughs> Cliff, I want to cr- create a business coaching people like you're coaching people. You are a niche chasing me. Cliff, I want to create podcast content and do it at the level of excellence that you create podcast. That is a niche that continues to chase me.
1: Mm -hmm. And just for uh, five brief seconds, when you did that transition, because I've been following you so long, I didn't even understand it. I even thought you were crazy. But years down the road, I'm like thinking, well, yeah, it made 100 percent sense. 100 percent. I thought Cliff, uh, I'm, I'm not in the process of launching my own podcast. I thought when Cliff left, my world ended up who's going to show me how to podcast? Like no one else ever could. <laughs> well, here, behold and behold, I found out our, our dean of podcasting from 40 Days Eagles that made it simple. Like, oh, that's it? You know? It's like, I, he can't, I, I tripped him. I need to have all this, 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 and this. He sent me a link. This is what you need to start. $99 microphone. Yep. And he was right, because I have it. That's what I'm using. Yeah. That's it wow that's just it. a start just start so you
0: said in your questionnaire the challenges is, is finding my ideal client avatar you now recognize that you don't need that yes Yeah. yes you just need people who have problems yes
1: absolutely there's plenty of
0: <laughs> are there any of those out there
1: oh, more than i can count okay more good. than i can possibly help myself
0: uh, the second challenges s- challenge you faced was need to stop looking at your past mistakes and weaknesses and, and know that it happened. I just need to learn from it, and move on. We've covered that one, yes.
1: Absolutely, I've, I'll never look at it the same again.
0: All right, and so then I card here missing. This is I said, what's missing in your life? A stronger mindset and more confidence in myself. So first of all, do you have strong? Do you have more confidence in yourself? Yes or no? Absolutely. All right. Do you already have a stronger mindset as a result of our conversation today?
1: Yes, because of how um, the lens I'm looking through, the the frame, the the adjustment, the lens is still the same. It's just adjusted differently.
0: Yep. Now, one of the things that you said in the past is er, in the the questionnaire, I've let the following get in my way. Too many things to do. All right. We'll go into that in just a second with our 12 minutes and 22 seconds left. You've allowed thoughts get in the way. You've allowed people's false opinions of you getting in the way. Is there anybody other than the people in that scenario of that situation that caused you to lose your job, their false opinions of you? Is there anybody else's false opinions other than theirs that help get that get in your way?
1: No, because the others outside of that matter less. Only because this is so much fresher. Yep. But the ones outside, I don't like it. I, I those are done resolved, buried. I they don't even bother me.
0: So I want you to imagine this, because I, I'm, I, I just want to use a little NLP technique, ne- uh, neuro-linguistic programming. So you <laughs> just referred to the situation where you, got co- where you were coaching, you even had permission, it turned out that that person turned things around, uh, caused a lot of issue, it caused you to lose your job, and you just stated that that scenario is fresh, But what month is this? August. That happened in March. March. All right. I want you to describe this in a way that is the antithesis of fresh.
1: So it happened in March. But I can truly say since then, a lot of good things have come out of it. A lot of steps of things have fallen in place faster. I've gone deeper relationship with people that I was already working with and known, gone even deeper as is today with you. I've known you a long time, I'm even deeper connection with you now after this conversation. And from something I can never describe myself, but can clearly say that none of that would have happened if that had not happened in the past. So though I can't control it and it wasn't a good experience, a lot of good has come of it since. I'd like to still focus on the fresh sense the freshness of today and the new opportunities are coming and focus on that because that will serve me much better. And in turn, it will help me serve others much better and be able to attract those out there that I can help coach.
0: So the freshness is what's happening today. The freshness is what's been happening since. And in fact, that memory is also is almost starting to become a little stale. It's kind of starting to fade away.
1: Yes, it's like old popcorn at this point. You know, you it's go. not good anymore. That movie's old. It's like a it's like a rerun of commercials. It's like, you know, I was like, let's move on.
0: I love that. I want you to think about this. Anytime you're ever tempted to have a negative thought associated to that scenario, I want you to imagine that you went to a movie theater to see a brand new like action film. It's like, man, I am super excited but you just dug your hand into a bucket of popcorn that was five months old.
1: <laughs> Moldy, stale, soft, nasty.
0: <laughs> Not so fresh anymore, is it?
1: Not even close. Just to think of this, the thought of it makes me. <laughs> I love it. All right. Very so good. I've had two day, two day old popcorn. I've never had five months old popcorn, so I can't imagine how much worse that would be. <laughs>
0: exactly that's exactly the picture i want in your mind when you think about that scenario all right so edwin um oh goodness what was i about ready to say there it doesn't matter i'm just going to move on to the next thing so last card here uh goal mindset will be stronger than ever we accomplished that already confidence in yourself stronger higher than it's ever been before yes all right to have a full coaching schedule all right You have 10 to 15 hours a week to devote to your coaching. What if I told you there's only one thing to do? Because actually you said um, you would like to have a second book, debt-free, clear focus on where I'm heading and why. Well, you know what you want to do. You want to create a, a coaching business. The whole reason why you reached out to me is, Cliff, I really need to help with this. It's what you came to me originally when you started reaching out to me and said, I'm coming to Free the Dream 2018. And then you said, Cliff, I can't come. And then I said, well, I'll tell you what, you, you had your cancer diagnosis. I said, well, I'll tell you what, just move your ticket to 2019 because I'll see you then. And so I know that coaching, becoming a professional coach, is what you feel is your calling. yes. Yes. All right. And so as a result of this, you've been moving towards this. You've had success coaching people informally throughout all of these years, more than 27 years of your life. But even since you've had some professional training and you've actually offered some coaching, you've had people come through your uh, one-off program, which was that assessment program. But then you had four clients that had come through your monthly program. Admittedly you were charging very low rates but still even with the you know $300 a month for 6 months that was a, that's a great track record for your first going out and coaching. My concern is t- you've got 10 to 15 hours a week. How long have you had 10 to 15 hours a week to devote to coaching over the last several months?
1: Um since I would say since since March.
0: Since March, okay. It's so a, w- what are you doing currently with your 10 to 15 hours a week to build your coaching business?
1: Certainly not 15 hours worth of time. I can clearly see that already. Um, I started my emails, again, my communication, and I'm being consistent with that, and I'm writing my outlines for my podcast. I recorded my first one. I have. I'm working on outline number five, My goal is to be very brief and to the point, I want to reach eight outlines and do eight recordings and then have them set up. Reason for that is I want to have the mindset set myself up for two things, for success from right out of the gate, and two more importantly, is that bandwidth, some runway. Eight episodes is two months head start so I can have time to keep up.
0: All right. Can can I I give you a little counter advice and see what it does to your head? Mm Mm-hmm. What if I were to encourage you to go for failure right out of the gate?
1: So what would failure look like, I guess, is what you're saying or uh, asking?
0: Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not asking. No, what no. What if instead of setting yourself up for success right out oh. of the gate, what if okay. you were to it, instead of shooting for success right out of the gate? What if we go for failure
1: right out of the gate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That would not doesn't compute in my computer brain
0: let me explain to you what i mean Mm -hmm. so i read the you've read the book the prosperous coach already by now i'm sure yes okay so i read the book the prosperous coach and i'm like oh my gosh i am definitely going to do this this book was written for me All right. So I'm like this. This is the thing I'm going to implement. I'm going all in. This is the way I'm going to build my coaching business moving forward. So I start inviting anyone and everyone. Now, do you think that I hit success right out of the gate? No, no. In fact, I ended up inviting people who had no business. It's like, I don't know what I nice. want. You know, life is horrible. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I just want, you know, um. Cliff, I I just, yeah, I, I'm i just, you know, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. No, I, I disagree with you, Cliff. You're wrong. Here's why I have to hold on to my limitations. And so... Number one, I failed to invite the right people. I failed to discern whether or not they're a good fit. I failed a lot of... So I coached a lot of people mm. for 90 minutes per session. For the first two or three months, I, I, I would say maybe 30 to 40 or 50%, more, almost as h- half of them, I failed to get the right person into the coaching session. Then occasionally... I had somebody that I brought into a coaching situation. And in spite of what I've learned about coaching, in spite of what I know about coaching and all this other stuff, I did some egregiously stupid, idiotic mistakes. <laughs> like, there's, I'll, I'll never forget this one coaching conversation. And it was a gentleman who had become a client many years ago. And he ended up uh, not paying me for what he had promised and got way behind promised that he would you know make this payment over and over and over and over again this was back in my podcast consulting days he went through my podcasting a to z course never paid me um and but i helped him launch his podcast and 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 so eventually i just gave up i'm not going to get paid from him but then he came back and says hey cliff you know i'm re- really encouraged by you by the way one of these days i'm going to pay you i invited <laughs> this person to my a complimentary coaching session. It's like, well, let's do this and we'll get on the right page again. And, and during that, I sit there, I said, listen, you and know, in, in in his thing, he was like, okay, my dream is this, 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 and I'm gonna be a multimillionaire and this is gonna be this and this is this and this. And I'm like, and, and immediately I had this judgment. I said, are you sure that that's exactly what's gonna happen within the next six months? Because it sounds to me like you're still dealing with how do you do this? And is there any chance that you might want to ramp up to that, have a little bit more of a realistic goal out front? Because this reminds me of when you were still sleeping in your car, when you were going to conferences and you weren't paying to get in, you were just, you know, you were homeless and you weren't able to pay me. And boom, I'm judging him and I'm judging mm-hmm. his dream. And, and I'm like, and it just in the middle of the call, I just felt the conviction of God, the Holy is like, whoa, Cliff, dude, you just totally derailed this train (laughs) and you need to stop right now. You need to acknowledge to this person that you just made this most egregious error as any coach could ever make. You need to acknowledge it. You need to apologize. You need to ask for forgiveness and just, dude, never do this again. Was that success right out of the gate, Edwin? No. (laughs) No. No. So what if instead of shooting for success right out of the gate, what if you just agree to go with imperfect action and recognize that success comes from lots of effort, lots of practice, lots of repetition, lots of putting the reps in, learning along the way, making lots of mistakes inviting lots of the wrong people, saying or doing lots of the wrong things... Showing up even with years of experience and making the last minute decision to right before you go live stream on a live stream Friday, how many live streams have I done? And switching over to the camera that's hooked up to my teleprompter and forgetting that it's been over two weeks since I've turned it on and forgot that the the settings are and, and I'm blown out and I'm white as a ghost during this entire session. Is this <laughs> shooting for success? No, it's just shooting up to serve. What mm-hmm. if instead of trying to come out of the gate with success, what if you try to go out and, and, and forget about the coming out of the gate and shooting for failure, I, just allow yourself to fail. But instead, mm-hmm. what if you come out of the gate shooting for service Yeah. and, and forget about success? Success will yeah. come. hmm Shoot for service. And so here's what I would recommend that you do. By all means, create as much email content as you desire. Create as much podcast content as your desire. But I would encourage you, if you technically have 10 to 15 hours a week, limit those things to three hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Put 10 to 13 hours a week into connecting with people, learning about them, being curious, and invite them into coaching sessions and coach them for free. Use the Prosperous Coach Method. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is exactly what I'm doing. I'm coaching you today. Back last Sunday, I coached um, Andrea Cunningham. On Monday, I coached Jim Caso. On Tuesday, I coached um, Sean Keys. Yesterday, I didn't have anybody to coach, and so I came on live, totally tried to pull off an Ask Me Anything session, but I didn't notify anybody ahead of time. It was a disaster. I deleted the whole thing afterwards, and I'm like, ah, okay, no big deal, because I'm not shooting for success. I'm shooting for service.
1: Mm -hmm. Takes the pressure off, too.
0: Takes the pressure off. That's exactly what I want to do. So what I want to encourage you to do is I want you to commit yourself, devote several first the, the first thing that i would do is i would block out what are your coaching coaching hours like for me these live streams have been Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, from 8 a.m. to 9:30 or so 8:30 p- a.m. to 9:30 a.m. or 8 a.m. to 9:30 a.m. my time. But then, outside of these live streams, I actually invite people into private one-on-one sessions with me. Those are Tuesdays and Thursdays at either 1 p.m. or 3:30 p.m. in the afternoon. So I already know what days of the week and at what times I will be coaching people. And Mm -hmm. everything I do throughout my week is to fill those coaching slots with people to coach. Does not matter if they're paying me or not. Now, people who are paying me for my coaching, they get first come, first serve on all those slots. Mm -hmm. But every single slot, and right now, if you think Tuesday and Thursday, I have uh, 1 p.m. and 3.30 p.m., that's 4 And then Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday, Friday, that's four. That alone is eight coaching slots. That's eight 90-minute sessions every single week. My number one objective with any and every hour of the week that is not those 90-minute sessions is to get somebody into one of those 90-minute sessions. And here's the other thing. If I'm ever in one of those 90-minute sessions, I will do for 90 minutes – whatever it takes to fill more of those 90 minute sessions with that 90 minutes. Is that helpful?
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely.
0: Do you have any question about that particular process? Does it make perfect sense to you? Is there anything in your mind that says, Cliff, I just don't know how to do that?
1: No, no, because I've learned and I'm quickly learning that nothing moves unless I move. And I overcame a mindset of wanting to invite someone on my email list that I used to work with at my job. We both were there, but she was way higher up. And she was a leader in there and she eventually moved somewhere else. And now she was tapped by the state government to even higher level. She's at a state level now. My mindset was like, incidentally, it's funny, her name's Jennifer Lopez, not the actress, but that's her name, but she's an amazing person. I'm like, Jen doesn't have time for me. But my... All of my like, who cares? Just invite her. And she took the invitation. Yeah, she did. I'm like, I'm like, Edwin, if I don't move, nothing moves. So that's what reminded me. I need to move and just move. Just like you said, just serve, 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 and just see what happens.
0: So check this out. One of the things you want is to have a full coaching schedule. Doesn't matter if those people are paying you. How many mm-hmm. slots per week are you going to commit to, Edwin, moving
1: forward? I can do at least two a week to start. Okay.
0: Commit two a week. So two your weeks. your goal, your number one thing is to coach two people every week. Does not matter if they're paying you. In fact, here the Rich Litvin, have you ever heard of his uh no game? No. The thirty day no challenge. So your goal, if you have two
1: people oh, per yes, week. Yes. If you have two so people no, per mm-hmm. week,
0: what's this? Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry, yeah, when, when you said the no challenge, I remember the book, the no's. So many nos until you get the yes and, and accept the no's. Yeah, but because this we is, run away from those, yeah.
0: The, so this mm-hmm. is actually, the, the it's, a, it's a special thing. It's called the yeah. no challenge. So if you've got two sessions per week, there are typically four weeks in in the month. So that, and if you do the Prosperous Coach System, you bring them in for the first session, you have a second call two weeks later. So technically speaking, you will have a proposal for each of those people. So if you've got four weeks, so that's two, four. So you should be able to propose to an average of three to four people per week if you fill all of your coaching slots. All right. Your goal within the next 90 days is not to get any yeses. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to have a goal of getting let's just let's get really aggressive and try to get four no's per month. So that's uh, 12. So your goal within the next 90 days is to get 12 people to say no to your coaching proposal after you've coached them two times. Mm-hmm. Can you agree to to make that your goal? That you will get 12 people to say no to your full coaching proposal within 90 days?
1: Yes. And because that makes sense because I read the book, yes. I, I, I follow the premise, yes.
0: And... It, here's the situation: If you coach somebody and they and they come to a second session, and that's two weeks later, and they say yes to your proposal, you realize you're going to have to open up another coaching slot and bring somebody through the system because you just forfeited one of your potential nos. Your goal is not yeah. to get the yeses. Your goal is to get people to say no to you.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: takes all of the pressure off. Yeah. You will have succeeded if you can get 12 people to say yes. no to your coaching proposal within 90 days. And the chances of you getting 12 out of 12 people to say no to you are slim and none. Yeah. That's
1: yes. all you exactly right, yes. You're right.
0: All right. And so now you said one of the final things that you said you wanted to get out of our call today is clear focus on where I'm heading and why. Do you have that right now?
1: Oh, yes. I know had it. The why always been there. It's like, how? It's like, yes, it, it really clarifies. And, and it just really, um, you reignited and reminded me, and I need to stick to my guns of me saying, you know, I'll let the niche find me. Um, let me not get so specific, as, as I've been told, you know. Um, I'm being told, and it's a real example, uh, 40 years old with two kids, some education, not happy at their job. You know, there's a, that's a lot of check boxes to check off so to speak how about just speak to someone hey if something resonates with you then by by all means um i'm here i want to serve that's
0: awesome here's what i do know edwin there have been people who have been watching this live there are going to be plenty of people who will watch the replay i may or may not choose to put this in a podcast episode but -hmm. if somebody wants to take you up on one of your complimentary one-on-one official coaching sessions, how might they actually get booked for one of those two sessions you're going to do every week?
1: It's very simple. Just my name. My email is edwin at edwinsolar.com. Send me the email and we can get in touch. It's a solar with a e, not an A, because that's a little little mistake a lot of people do. So solar with a e, E, edwin at edwinsolar.com. And if they want to know a little bit more about me, just edwinsolar.com is my website. It's a one-page landing, one landing page One simple page. It's not this big maze. Um, They can see it there. And if I may, Cliff, uh, if they're interested in my book, it's also simply at closingthe18inchgap.com with the number 18. And they can know a little bit about me, too. And, again, that's just one simple page. Nothing confusing. Excellent. But my email is where they can reach me at the the quickest. EdwinSolar.com.
0: There you go. And of course, I just want to remind anybody, if you would like to join me for one of these complimentary 90-minute one-on-one live stream sessions, you can email me right here, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. In the subject line, put live stream coaching. I would love to fit you in, and I'm I'm doing anywhere between four to seven live stream coaching conversations every single week. I'd love to have a minimum of four, I'd love to do as many as seven or more. I love to coach people, by the way. So if you would like to join me here on one of these live streams in a full-blown coaching conversation like this, email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. Put live stream coaching in the subject line. I do encourage you to reach out to Edwin over at Edwin at EdwinSolarSoler dot and uh, you reach out for one of him, his free sessions. Matter of fact, sign up for both of us. You get yes. you get lots of free coaching. Yes, there you go. Right. Until Absolutely. next time, and Edwin stay and and I'll chat with you after after the we end the stream. But until next nice. time, my friends, I want to encourage you all to take everything you do to the next level. Well, there you go. That was my coaching conversation with Edwin Solar. As you heard there at the end, I just wanted to wrap up this episode of Cliff's Notes on Profitable Coaching. I don't know how frequently I will come back with new episodes. I do want to encourage you to check out my other podcast shows over at cliffravenscraft.com. Click on podcasts in the menu. You'll see a list of current shows. If nothing else, just head over to the com and at least subscribe to the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Also, one more time, just for emphasis If you would like to take me up on a complimentary, 90-minute, full-blown, one-on-one coaching session for free, no strings attached, no expectation, no obligation, you'll ever become a paid client. And you're willing to do that via a live stream where I'm broadcasting out to LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all the streaming platforms, and where I may choose to use the audio of our conversation in an episode of a podcast like I did here with Edwin. If you are interested in a complimentary 90-minute one-on-one session with me, email me today, cliff, at cliffravenscraft.com and put live stream coaching in the subject line. We'll get you scheduled. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Mindset! Answer Man!